And here we go, we are live. That felt like a long 30 seconds. Lloyd, you sprinted off there, got it back. I was impressed, that was quick. And wow, a massive welcome to Lloyd and Alex. Before I introduce you, what a week it has been. Sunday night, we had a Super League. Wednesday, we've got nothing. There is so much to talk about. I feel like I'm in a set of EastEnders. It is just keeps on changing every day. I am glued to my mobile phone. Lloyd, Alex, a massive hello, welcome. Alex, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, it's been a rollercoaster few days. It's, it's been emotional, hasn't it? And Lloyd, how are you doing? All right, Belgium calling. It's like Eurovision, this, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. All, 10 all points here. Well, what are we thinking? Yeah, what are we give you? <laughs> so 12 and, points always for you, Tom. Yeah, of, co of course, the UK of Belgium. And a massive thank you to you two, because obviously when we did the Friday night quizzes, you two were there, locked in, getting the job done and doing very well. So I appreciate that. And uh, we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about Liverpool, are the owners actually going to sell? We're going to talk about the Dutch and the Belgium League merging. And is that a good idea or is that sort of the Super League? And we're going to obviously kick off with the Super League and get your thoughts and feelings. And is it greed or is it not? I'll start with you, Alex. The Super League, uh, Sunday night, the news broke and everyone couldn't quite believe what they were hearing. What did you think when you heard the news on Sunday night? Well, I thought, you know, finally something has come out. Finally, we're going to see uh, what they're proposing. And obviously, I was very disappointed with uh, everything I read. You know, it's a total disrespect to the, the culture of English football. And also, you know, not just the Premier League, the other teams in the Premier League, the whole pyramid, the whole of Europe. Uh, those were my first thoughts. And then you read more and more and you become more and more disappointed and you just want it to, to stop. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think that's, just, that's the view of everyone. It felt awkward, didn't it? And Lloyd, how did you feel? Uh, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I'd been uh, I'd been watching the Formula One actually, like I often do on a Sunday, and so I thought, ah, oh, you know, I'd had a few beers, thought, uh, check my phone, see what's going on, and all I could see was this Super League stuff. I was like, what? The, why are they talking about rugby? Because uh, Super <laughs> League's rugby, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out I was like, what? These these teams are going away, and you know, you you can kind of understand why some of those teams were in the conversation, but uh, I mean, Arsenal and Spurs, it's a bit of a joke, really, isn't it? And uh, um i think i saw it first from an arsenal source so I, I i thought it was a a bit of a stitch up really but no they were serious about it for 48 hours and uh yeah i mean i i'm uh you can't tell from this shirt but i'm a gillingham fan and for me i'm a fan who um when i go to priestfield stadium you know to the home matches I, i'm dreaming of my team you know getting up to the championship getting up to the premier league and then one day, just like I did on Football Manager all those years ago, taking the team to lift uh, old big ears, you know, the Champions League trophy. And with this yeah. Super League, that would have been uh, nigh on impossible, um, you know, to achieve something like that. So from a fan's perspective, from a lower league fan's perspective, uh, it felt like a big, you know, middle finger up at us, uh, all of us loyal fans, not just the fans of those six teams, but I think uh, all... Uh, uh, football fans right up and down the pyramid. Yeah, that's a really good point because you got to look at Barry recently. Mm -hmm. they, they went under. Yeah. And I don't know Julian's wage. I don't know how much you spent on wages. I don't know. But you eliminate those six teams. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, because let's be honest, every championship, league one team, they probably spend just over what they should be. Would they have then suddenly, would we have lost, mm -hmm. you know, we have lost a lot of clubs in the pyramid? We don't know that, obviously. We don't know if that would have happened. But people's livelihoods here, all for a bit of greed. That's how it felt to me. Now, Alex, obviously, I don't want to repeat too much we said earlier, but you can't, you support a club that are very passionate. They are very, very, you know, they care about football. I used to live in Liverpool, and I know 
what they're like there. So to you to hear that they were being that greedy, did that sort of really hit you hard? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is that you, uh, when you're a Liverpool fan, you are an emotional supporter. That's the tone of the club. That's the tone of the manager. That's why Jurgen Klopp works really well at the uh, at the club. You know, uh, there's a big connection between the fans and the team. Um, but what we have now is we have a disconnection, a disconnect with, with uh, the owners, which um, is disappointing because that we had seen like progress over the last ten years. We got rid of a a set of owners before that that let us down in many ways. There were big protests and, and it was a relief to get rid of them. Um, and the, the new owners had generally been pretty good. They, you know, on the pitch, they, they helped us perform. Um, and you think that after 10 years, they would have read the situation uh, a bit better. Um, and it, yeah, it's disappointing because uh, you, you, you like to think that they put as much effort into understanding the fan base in this kind of respect as they would in the marketing to make the money to sell the shirts. And, and that hasn't happened. Yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't feel right, is it, at all? And I think the, the big thing is for you now, I know we, we take emotion out of it. Do you think they have to sell now? Is it, is it, is it a job of they're not welcome back to Liverpool? Is it you sell the club or could they be welcome back, do you think? Well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, if you look at the bigger picture, we've we finally won a Premier League title with them uh, at the helm. They they got rid of Rogers a few years ago, brought in Klopp. They've invested well in the team, some big signings. Uh, but when when you look at this uh, this situation, in addition to the the climb down over the ticket prices a few years ago, you're thinking to yourself, is is there a way back? Uh, you you see the the comments and the statements and John Henry's uh, video, and Yes, the right words are said, but, you know, was there that kind of feeling? Did you feel uh, that, that it was sincere in the same way that you feel that Jurgen Klopp's interviews are sincere after a game? And mm. um, the answer to that question is, is probably no, you don't, you don't feel like that. So without wanting to, to write, write off the relationship totally, there's definitely some, some repairing to do. And uh and I guess time will tell, you know, in a pandemic, it won't be easy to, to, to sell a club. And sometimes it is better the devil, you know. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah. Really good point. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think what's interesting is, well, you could see on Monday Night Football, one of you boys watched that, but like Jurgen Klopp was yeah. hurting. Yeah, did you say, yeah, I remember you get your thoughts, Lloyd. Did you, for me, it felt like Jurgen Klopp was in pain. He didn't like it. You yeah. be careful what he said, right? Yeah, for me, um, I saw a very frustrated man, a man who couldn't say what he wanted to. I mean, I, as a, as when it comes to the Premier League, as a pretty neutral fan, you know, um, I was really pleased to see Liverpool finally lift the trophy last year. It was lovely. You could see what it meant to the fans, to, to Klopp himself. He's really become, you know, a, a kind of a adopted scouser, I would say. And this was a man who this season has painted a very contrasting picture as Liverpool have uh, fallen on tougher times on the pitch. All I've heard from Klopp this year was moaning about the amount of fixtures, too many games, too many games. Then his owners come along and say, oh, we want you to play twice as many games for the Champions League from next season or whenever it's going to be. And he didn't say a thing about this. That, that for me, was just proof that um, he, he couldn't be his genuine self. He couldn't say what he really thought about this. Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think we know deep down uh, what Klopp and uh, obviously Pep's been a bit more vocal about this as well over at Manchester City. Um, but I think uh, 
James Milner's words really kind of uh, saved him. James Milner, I'm not sure why he felt so much freer to to say this, possibly because he's towards the end of his career, at least as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was uncomfortable viewing, definitely. Yeah, no, you're right. He sort of took out his pent up frustration on Gary Neville, and yeah. you can tell you're right. He's had a tough season. They're, they're not. Well, they haven't spent well, but they haven't really bought in a marquee signing. They've lost their centre half. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his mother got ill as well, and you can tell it's been a really rough ride for Liverpool. Uh, and, it, and 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 Alex Short, maybe you know more on this than me. Not financially backed in January, which I found a little bit weird. I thought with no centre half, that's when Jurgen Klopp would have been okay. You've had a bad season of injuries. There's a bit of money. Go and buy that centre half you need. Yet we didn't see that. That, and was that a, not backing Jurgen Klopp or was that just the current climate we're in? Because they've obviously got money. Why did we not see that spent? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, in this current climate, you don't want your club to be totally irresponsible with money. And if you look at the, the numbers over the time that FSG have been at Liverpool, uh, they've worked miracles, really, with the, the, the sales they've made, the money they've got in, the money they've spent. Yes, they've spent big on a few players. But... Um, you know, I was inclined to trust them. You know, uh, it's between now and the end of the season, if you bring in a new player, they've got to settle in in a pandemic. Um, would it have made a big difference? Was there someone out there that was good value? I don't see it as a question of backing Klopp or not backing Klopp. I, I saw it more of a case of uh, being financially responsible. And uh, that's one thing that you can't accuse the, the owners today of, uh, you know, letting us down on. They have They have been very strong in, in their financial management of the club. Um, but yeah, on the pitch, we've suffered uh, from injuries and maybe another centre-half would have been uh, a big a big name, would have helped. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think it was, you, you could tell he was, he, was, he was crying for help, wasn't he? Um, and signing the, the, that from um, Davis, has Ben Davis from, from Preston, wasn't the sort mm-hmm. of marquee signing I think he can expect. But do you honest, honestly, Alex, do you think Jürgen Klopp will be there? Uh, start next season. Do you think he'll be there? And yeah, I think I think I think Klopp's very committed to the club and to the fans. Uh, I think he knows that he has something, you know, special there. Uh, you know, his position has never been questioned by the fans. You'd be hard pressed to find any Liverpool fan who has uh, a bad word to say about him. And uh, you've got you've got to think that um, the only people who have question marks around them are, you know are the owners or John W. Henry, uh, the, the the players, the manager, even through a difficult season, have have not really received much criticism from their own fans. Yeah, yeah it's tough, isn't it? Because I think, well, I'll get your point, Lloyd. What I said the same question to you. Do you think Jurgen Klopp will be leading Liverpool first game of next season? I'm not so sure. He's a... I take on board everything Alex has said there, but this is a man of real integrity as well. And if he feels that he can't trust the people he's working under... Um, you know, I could see him going back to Dortmund or I can't see him going anywhere else in 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 the Premier League. Certainly not. I think he's too loyal to Liverpool for that. But maybe, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Real Madrid or Barcelona over the summer. Um, I don't. Uh, sorry, Alex, I don't want to plant that seed of doubt. I know uh, Klopp's uh, <laughs> love very much uh, <laughs> uh, over at Anfield, but um, I wouldn't be so sure. Um, knowing Klopp is such a man of integrity, I'm not sure he'll stick around. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I think it's going to be tough, isn't it? I think with Bayern Munich, uh, the national job for Germany up for grabs. Um, you're right. Real Madrid, the Schubert-Sazan should be okay. At Barcelona, sort mm-hmm. of all over the place. I could see the same as you. I think he, what he's done for Liverpool and City, 
when he was when he when I, I lived there when he, when he when he moved there he just he got it straight away he was with the people and that's why I think they love him so much but I think you could nail on the head he lives for integrity and you could see he was upset and he looks a bit burnt out as well I think it's got to him I think the season's really got to him um, winning every game yeah. suddenly not winning every game must be a tough mentality it must be hard to take I think and he's a winner isn't he he is a serial winner as well um, I think that'd be hard so Alex just so just yes or no then um, you said there, but do you think they will sell or won't sell? Sell or no sell? They they won't sell. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's. I think I think you're probably right. It's quite hard, but they've made a lot of money, haven't they? They've done well. They've made a lot of money in a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the number, I'm no financial expert, but if you look at the numbers that are out there on the internet, the net spend and all that, you know, you'd be hard. You can't really find many teams mm-hmm. at that level who have that kind of record over the last few years. Uh, and and one one other thing, I have no doubt that Klopp will, will be there next season. I think that you know he he started a project. This season's been very frustrating, but he won't want to go out finishing, you know, fourth at best, probably you know fifth or sixth at this rate. But he'll yeah. want another crack at the Premier League. Yeah, but I suppose I'll ask you one more thing. Again, this is all rumours, but the rumours are that you know your front three will have to change. You can't have that front three anymore. Like it needs one has to go. It looks like Mane or Salah are saying. Because I think it's obvious to a, to a neutral that those two probably don't get on. So let's say he sells a Mane or Salah. Is he going to get the backing and some more to have another crack at the, at the Premier League? Because Man City are a different animal, aren't they? They've got, they've got two squads. So do you really think he could win the Premier League if he had to sell a Mane or Salah? Well, I, I don't think Liverpool would sell a Mane or Salah without without a plan. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. way that they're, they're going to go out the door without something, someone else lined up. So yeah, it would be difficult. You know, if, if we sold one of those two uh, and, and didn't bring anyone else in, but I, I just can't see that happening. Yeah. Could I just come in here as well? I, I actually went to um, the FA cup game, the Merseyside derby last season, Liverpool, Everton, when Liverpool, um, everybody was saying, I was in the pub before the game outside Anfield. Everyone was saying, what's Klopp doing? He's playing all the youngsters. The youngsters that day, they went out and won, I think it was one nil or maybe two nil. I can't remember. But that young team were absolutely fantastic. And Liverpool, maybe they don't have the strength in depth experience wise, but they do have it talent wise. And I think Liverpool can look uh, that little you know deep into their academy um for some talent to to replace some of these superstars they've got at the moment if they need to yeah yeah that's a really good point actually i remember that i remember curtis jones scored yeah yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. real like curler wasn't it mm-hmm. i remember he scored and i can't remember the second but yeah you are right so they do they do breed very good academy players mm-hmm. and will give them a go um i think it's just i think well, at the moment with man city's dominance and Pep Guardiola, and they're probably going to sign a striker of a Harry Kane or Harlem Mould. I just think, wow, if they do that, this could be domination for a lot of years. But I hope not for the Premier League uh, or the Super League. Hey, mm-hmm. more like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that one to one side now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Super League still happen with Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, but very much doubt it. I mean, that's good that we can let that go. Perfect. Yeah. So I think we can all agree the Super League was a horrendous. Maybe. Well, the thing is, I would jump in. I know you boys have seen the revamp for the Champions League. I was mentioning this earlier. I think the revamp for the Champions League is really poor. It's almost a Super yeah. League without being called a Super League, right? They've added more games. They've added two groups. Two teams will, will regardless of their league position, will qualify through coefficient. So at the moment, Arsenal and Tottenham would actually qualify. They would get luckier in that rule. So... 
it's sort of when you wait for make these huge statements, I'm thinking, well, you know, um, I don't know what you two think about that, but I'm not overly pleased with it. If I'm honest. Lloyd, what do you think? You know what, Tom? Um, I love the Champions League, but I love the Champions League kind of between the end of March and May. That's when I watch it. Group stage games, I might watch it if, you know, there, there's an attractive one. Every now and then you'll get Real Madrid and Juventus or someone thrown in the same group. But very rarely do these games offer something exciting, especially when you've got that two-legged element. And when you're playing games over two legs, it's more likely that the best team's going to win. So I find that I end up only watching the second leg sometimes because I think, what's the point in watching the first leg? We don't know, you, you know, it'll be nil-nil or whatever. Both teams will go out for that. So... I think with this new format they've come up with, it's just going to make it even worse. Ten group games. Uh, I, I, I don't really know what they're thinking. It's uh, They're going down the wrong path. We're seeing the same kind of thing with the Euros as well, with the 2014 Euros yeah. from UEFA. Um, so I think they're, they're really overestimating our appetite for football and forgetting that what we want to see is quality games less often rather than a load of rubbish all the time. Yeah. Um, that That's my thoughts on it. No, I think I, actually it's really funny. I actually echo you completely. I've, I've, I was saying this in the week. I think the same. I only watch the Champions League, maybe quarterfinals, maybe semis, mm -hmm. because, for example, Chelsea are in the semi-finals, and they played. Two, they ran crowns on the door. Sevilla, who are pretty much Europa League teams at best, mm -hmm. they beat an Atletico Madrid, but the league are struggling, and they beat a Porto. It's not really gets you going. Is that Alex? What do you think? Any any passing thoughts on the Champions League? Well, the same, really. You know. Um... They, they structure everything to keep the big boys happy uh, and the, the price that we have to pay for that, apart from the subscription, which is a joke, uh, <laughs> is that there are loads of, loads of games, uh, most of which, you know, until Christmas, like you say, don't mean much, mm -hmm. if anything. And, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, if, if my team were playing Barcelona or Real Madrid, it was, you know, a, a once in a five-year thing. And, and the more this happens, the, the way the Champions League is going – it's just going to become like a regular fixture, like, you know, Liverpool, Arsenal in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but I mean, the coefficient thing is is a get out, get out of jail free card for the, the big boys. And uh, even as a Liverpool fan, you know, we may or may not qualify for the Champions League next season. But I, I think if we do, it should be on merit. And if we don't, it's because we haven't, you know, we haven't been at the standard that we need to be at. And uh yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that kind of system at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. If that if that system is in place now, you could finish tenth. It wouldn't matter. You're going to be one of the coefficients because mm -hmm. obviously you had a final, you've won it, and yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite yeah. sit right, does it at all? And um, we learned something on Monday. Um, baby boys in this Chelsea play Real Madrid, and that's the first time they've ever played each other over two legs ever. So there's there's a little bit of stat I didn't I didn't know that, and that's what's beautiful okay. at the as well. Yeah, maybe I'll actually watch the first leg of that one then as well. Yeah, maybe I, that's a bit of history. They played you apparently two finals. <laughs> a bit of history. Yeah, two European Cup finals apparently, not not Champions League European Cup. They've never played each other over two legs. So there is a there is an element to when you play Real Madrid, it's a celebration or Barcelona because um, you're not used to it. And I think you're right. They're going to they're going to dilute that. I think what I miss in the Champions League as well is seeing the champions of some of the lower countries in yeah. there as well. You know, seeing the champions of Bulgaria or Cyprus or whoever have their day in the sun, you know, in the early rounds, play Real Madrid over one game. You know, it's anyone's game. Uh, but the way it's set up at the moment, it's guaranteed for the big boys to, to get through. And I mean, that's why we still love the FA Cup. I think like the FA Cup gets a bit of a bad rap, but. 
Personally, I really like the FA Cup because you never know what's going to happen on the day. And I'd like to see a bit more of that jeopardy in the in the Champions League as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point, actually. I think from the FA Cup, they need to do something with the FA Cup. They need to make it like, I don't know what I would do. They need The winner needs to get a really tasty prize. But then so the winner the winner should get the Champions League spot instead of the fourth place yeah. Premier League. Yeah, that's that's been, what I reckon. Yeah, that's been mentioned before, isn't it? it needs- then Gilligan can get in the Champions League. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. you get the challenge they need to do something because yeah. it, that competition is beautiful and it, you're right Chile yeah. might go I remember, I remember Bradford went and beat Jose Mourinho Chelsea yeah. 3-2 yeah. Yeah. the magic of the cup but boy that is, that's perfect right we're going to move on that is superb right now I'm going to Lloyd this might be more your specialist I think subject obviously you live in Belgium uh, Belgium and the Dutch League merging together what do you think about that? Uh, well, this uh, this story kind of it's been rumbling under the surface for about three or four years now. Right. Uh, but the Belgian clubs finally last month. Uh, yeah, it was about a month ago now, about four or five weeks ago, voted all 25 of them, which sounds like a bit of a strange number. And there's a story to that as well. But basically, all of the clubs voted in favor of merging with the Dutch league. Um, Belgian football is going through a really tough time at the moment. Um, you might have noticed the top league, which is uh, for sponsorship reasons, called the Jupiler League, named after yeah. Belgium's favourite beer. Um, yeah. It's called the Division the Division One A, and the second division is called the Division One B. And this yeah. is because uh, there's some reason for this. It's because technically some of the teams in the second tier can qualify for the Europa League, but it has to still be called Division One because of some playoff system like they've just got they brought in all of these playoffs to try and spice it up it's really not working you've got 16 teams in the top tier my the team that i support here in belgium union saint gilloise they're the team in my neighborhood the stadium's about a kilometer away from me um they've actually just got promoted unfortunately we couldn't go to the stadium they spend the year playing seven different teams in the second tier just eight teams playing each other all the time uh last year because of the pandemic a couple of teams had to drop out of the league um they couldn't they they actually didn't have enough teams to fill in the professional second division so they asked they asked club bruges they said could we put your youth team in the second division so club bruges second team or youth team are playing in the second division so belgian football has been in a right old mess and they're looking for ways to sort this out um at the top you've still got you know you've still got some decent teams up there you've still got uh, club bruges underlect uh standard liege as well yeah. uh but throughout the pyramid it, it, it it's it's uh not going well at the moment then up in the netherlands it's a bit of a different story they're they're kind of like quite a strong middling league i would say you rank the european leagues you've got the big five then you've yeah. got uh kind of portugal and netherlands uh, uh you know solidly kind of sixth and seventh i would say uh and they're doing pretty well so the the idea has gained a lot of traction here in belgium you know we look just over the over the border generally in belgium football is stronger in the dutch speaking part of the country than in the french speaking com- part of the country i'm not sure how much you know about that but we have two yeah. languages yeah. here it's basically two countries in one here um so there's been a lot of traction for this in Belgium and they voted for this. Now, in the last few days, uh, especially on the back of the Super League announcements, uh, Ajax have come out and said that they are not in favour of this. Some of the d- other Dutch teams oh, no. apparently are saying really? that they're not really in favour, um, which has been a bit of a surprise because there have been this kind of breakaway group of, I think it was six Dutch clubs and five right. Belgian clubs who have been saying together, oh yeah, 
we would really like to form a league. Obviously, there's a lot of benefits with this. You know, um, it would become the probably the fifth or sixth biggest league in Europe if you combined them. And I, wow. I think it's fair to say that it would be on par probably with League Arm, maybe slightly below League Arm in France. Yeah. Um, but the the Dutch league, I think they they've looked at what the the reaction to this Super League and the way the fans have reacted. Some of the fans here in Belgium have not reacted so well to it. And I think this has caused a little bit of retinence in the last few days as well. I thought, I thought Belgium would be running for that. Like, I was doing some figures, I was working out. So you've got the Premier League making 1.6 billion mm -hmm. TV rights. Mm -hmm. The League One, the French, is actually next 1.2. However, there's question marks over their sponsorship, and that mm -hmm. might not go through. And again, I mean, but I looked at the, uh, the Erdweiser, only mm -hmm. 8 billion. Yeah. The Belgian League's 103. That's the A, the B, and women's football. So, yeah, you've got yeah. three, mm -hmm. so really, I mean, either of those two merged. That, that, and I mean, to put it in context, the English football league gets more, gets over half more than, than the Dutch mm -hmm. league. So, mm -hmm. you would have thought both leagues would be saying, "Yes, we need this. This is exactly what we need." Um, yeah, I mean, the the, es the estimate is that the TV deal would end up being worth about 400 million euros yeah. per year. Right. Um, the issue is the fans. Of course, fans love their traditions still. They, the fans of Club Bruges, they want to play Circle Bruges, their city rivals, every year. Here in Belgium, we've got Anderlecht. And uh, now that my team, Union Saint-Gilois, have been promoted, they want that cross-city rivalry. And they're worried that these are going to be lost in this as well and that you're going to, okay, these are fairly small countries we're talking about, but Vitesse Arnhem fans or Groningen fans up in the north of the Netherlands don't want to be driving all the way down to the south of Belgium to Mons or somewhere yeah. like that to... But then we, uh, have, we have, yeah, we get it. Imagine if you live in Liverpool and yeah. Everton, yeah, you know, you don't play Everton, we'd be exactly the same, wouldn't we? Um, and I think the big thing is as well, I think as a consumer, Alex, if you heard the Dutch League and the Belgian League were joining together, would that be something you would watch? Is that really gonna get that? That's because ultimately that's what it comes down to. They might make 350 million mm -hmm. in the first year, but are people that don't live there, are we gonna watch yeah. those things? Like, Alex, would mm -hmm. you switch on to watch Dutch and the, and the Belgian League merge? Well, I'd like to think that if there was a big a big match between Ajax uh, and one of the big Anderlecht in, in um, Belgium, that I would I would turn on. But you know, the truth is is that there's so much football on TV every weekend yeah. that you're not really going to make space to watch it. Um, and you know, the other thing is, yeah, it might make a bit of a splash in that part of Europe, but you know, even if they merge, it's not. It's like you said, it's not going to enter the top five year, uh, top five leagues. Uh, you know, in Europe or the mm -hmm. world, so it's always going to struggle. And, and the, the relative, you know, population of those countries is quite, quite low. Um, but yeah, I guess it would be like not an experiment, but it would be interesting from a bystander's point of view to see mm -hmm. how that would work because it would open maybe the door for other parts of Europe. I don't know, in Scandinavia, for example, or they've spoken before about like a Atlantic league, haven't they? With mm -hmm. Portuguese teams, Scottish teams and part other, other teams from other parts of Europe. So, you know, from that point of view, it would be, it would be interesting to see how it worked out uh, and what kind of audience there would be and whether the competition uh, just, you know, ended up with like Ajax running away with it like they would in Holland sometimes. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's it's quite a unique opportunity, really, when you think about it, because the Dutch league is kind of the seventh best in Europe. I think Belgium in the latest coefficients is like 11th or 12th. 
So you've got two fairly similar sized countries which are geographically next to each other as well with the potential to merge. You look around the map of Europe, you can't really see anything else. I mean, Scandinavia, you would need like all, you know, three or four countries to do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it it's an interesting thought. The the real Achilles heel, I think, with this is going to be the um, European places as well, because uh, everybody wants to protect what they've got. You've already got each country already has, I think, two Champions League places, obviously for only the qualifying rounds. I think, do Ajax get an automatic berth? I think maybe they do. Um, But there's a lot of protectionism going on about that. And it's likely that one of the trade-offs for creating such a such a you know cross-border league would be UEFA saying okay yeah but you only get three Champions League places between you rather than four or you mm-hmm. only get a few they've, they've got this new UEFA conference league as well so they can argue that you know the toss over that uh, but I think that's where this is really going to fall down um, and I mean Belgium is a very bureaucratic country and people uh, love having these big ideas until they look into the details so that's why the Belgian clubs will always kind of vote first and then worry about the details later. In the Netherlands, yeah. they've taken kind of a more considered approach and uh, thought, let's see what the details are, then we vote for it. <laughs> and uh, we've ended up now with a bit of a face-off and both countries are feeling a bit silly, I think. I think you're right. I think it's harder because you look at, they're right, the Atlantic League, mm-hmm. you had those two countries, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and these two have sort of like kind of broken off and like they've obviously mm-hmm. just had discussions between themselves. But you know, 80 million a year for, you know, that's what Brighton get. Mm-hmm. That's just, just Brighton get the same as the whole Dutch league. Now, Ajax are competing in the Champions League. You know, they, how can you compete in the Champions League if you're getting, uh, you know, a, a, a percentage of 80 million? You can't, can you? And that's why they sell these players. They, they, they produce these players, they sell them. But there has to be a point where they go, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to be successful. We want to have a go. We want to, to be a top mm-hmm. club. And I'm sure they could probably get an agreement when they say that you get two Dutch clubs, two Belgium, regardless of they finish, maybe get Champions League spots. But I do think that they're going to have to do something, aren't they? Because they can't keep falling behind. And again, it comes down to integrity. Is it fair as well? Is it fair that they, 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 they continually fall behind? Yeah. Uh, another well, issue as well is, is kind of those um, kind of high, um, higher part of the mid-table team. So... They're instead of, you know, winning every other week, they're going to be losing most of their games and they're going to be, you know, fighting not to get relegated back to the because they're going to they they're saying that they would keep the second tier as the current top leagues in each country, if you get what I mean. So you would have the Beneliga would be above this, then you would have the Eredivisie and the the Jupiler Pro League, as they are just with weaker teams. Um mm-hmm. and that that those those that those kind of middling teams are a bit worried that they're going to end up just yo-yoing between these two leagues and not really yeah. having a real home. Yeah, which makes sense. Ben, the Beneliga, love that. Yeah, <laughs> I very, yeah. I, I, when I heard that, I was like, it can't be called that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of. It's mm-hmm. an interesting idea, but I think uh, football to move on. Obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, it will be very very interesting. Alex, any final thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I mean. This all comes down to money. It's very obvious, isn't, isn't it? But we're well mm-hmm. along the track on that train, on that gravy train, all that all that money that's been created in, in your Western European leagues. And, you know, we're here talking about competition and integrity. Well, you know, it's too late, isn't it, to redress the balance and to, to get the, the, mm-hmm. the great teams of the, you know, Stoya Bucharest or 
those those teams from Central or Eastern Europe back at the top of European football. You know that that ship has yep. sailed, and uh, we're stuck with you know an English team, Spanish team, Italian, maybe a French or German team winning the Champions League, and that's the way it's going to be, no matter no matter what format it takes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We 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 talk here about integrity, and we talk about everything. But like I said in the last podcast, a we don't trust who runs football. And B, with no financial fair play, football isn't regulated anyway. Like PSG mm-hmm. can go and sign Neymar for 200 million and then get Mbappe. And when they get hit with financial fair play, they bring the best legal team in the world and they get away with everything. So it's, it's okay us sitting here saying about integrity, but really football, the top five leagues. I mean, how, how is the French league? I mean, a Dutch and Belgian league is probably a more attractive appeal in the French league. But unfortunately... Money talks, and I feel like with football, especially this week, it's all we focus on, isn't it? It's, it's who's got the most money and how you're going to spend it. Yeah, I mean, you say that, Tom, but I living in Brussels, um, Brussels is linked to Paris by train, it takes less than two hours. Okay. I see so many people these days, I think it's because the language here in the city is French and people are very connected. Uh, um, I feel culturally to somebody like Kylian Mbappé. And uh, I see lots of people. The shirt I see around now, mostly in the city, is Paris Saint Germain. That's the one that I see most in in here in Brussels, in the city. Um, so even the French league is now starting to, you, you know, um, yeah, yeah, no, sh- show its worth. Yeah, no, I think you, I think also you got to remember the French. There, they've got two global superstars who are brands, mm-hmm. aren't they? They are like if you if you were any club now. I mean, Mbappe you're probably the first signing, mm-hmm. wouldn't he? club now he's young he's won the world cup he's oh, yeah. he's, your, he's your one glo- if you're young if you're young growing up you want to be Mbappe mm-hmm. he's scared mm-hmm. obviously Neymar they're a brand I, I would think I could be wrong maybe you know more than me if Mbappe was to leave and go to Real Madrid I really think the French league and and PSG calm down their spending mm-hmm. I could see maybe the Belgian if the Belgium and Dutch league that's the, that's the league they try and get they try and catch up on don't think they could do it but they try that's the one I'd aim to try and catch up on. Yeah, exactly. But I already see that more people here probably watch the Paris Saint-Germain game, at, the, at least in the city, probably watch the Paris game than, than watch Anderlecht, for example, which is the real shame. I mean, I've been to see Anderlecht play before. Um, don't tell any of uh, any of my fans uh, here in Belgium because uh, yeah. they're city rivals. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I can understand why people are turned off from this as well. Going to see Anderlecht play was like, it was probably the most soulless football experience I've ever seen, like fake flares and stuff like this. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. I can I can imagine that'd be tough. You've got, you got Vincent Company, isn't it? Is the manager. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're kind of one of these like big-ish clubs, but they've kind of just fallen in this void of like oh we've had european success in the past and we're like one of the best in the country but actually they're, they're just not very relevant anymore yeah um so they've, yeah. They, they've they've kind of fallen on this um they're always at least fourth in the league but nobody yeah. cares about them you know I people agree. people especially especially in the city people much prefer to come and watch my team now who have been in the second tier because it's more interesting match day experience like the uh the tickets only five or ten euros rather than 30 euro it's mm-hmm. 30 euro to go watch Anderlecht, and you can't go and talk to the players you go, you go to one of the other teams in the neighborhood san Gilloise or molenbeek or some other team around brussels ticket is super cheap 
you can drink a beer in the stadium without anybody, you know, getting angry with you and yeah. you can meet the players and uh, feel like you're really part of it. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that, that that brings us nicely full circle with what we were talking about with yeah. the Super League earlier. And it really is uh, about the fans at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. It's about your experience, isn't it? I completely agree with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You feel part of the community. You feel like Liverpool, is, is it, like we said earlier, you're right, is a, mm -hmm. a people's club. You know, you never walk alone the same, but it really is a people's club. And I think you're right. I think that's the experience we want. And, and we, we've lost that, haven't we? And with ticket prices being so high, we're losing the local fans as well. When, when you go to these grounds like yeah. Liverpool, Shreen at Anfield, you either can't get a ticket or, or they're pricing local people out and it's very corporate. And that's not what it was built to do, was it at all? Um, and I think that's some really interesting points, actually. And uh, Lloyd, give us a shout out on your YouTube. You've started a YouTube on Belgium. Uh, yes. So I've recently uh, started a YouTube channel. It's called Hello Antonio. Uh, you can go and find it. Maybe Tom will put it in the description after the video if he can. Uh, just random adventures around Belgium. So hopefully I'll be able to get to a few football stadiums as well and show you some yeah. Belgian football stadiums at some point. Uh, yeah, don't forget yeah, to come just, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get over to Spain gonna as get, well. Get yeah. Valencia, gonna get kick about Valencia football. Alex, any passing forward? Anything you want to finish on? Obviously, you've made the call now. Jurgen Klopp's going to be there next season. The owners aren't leaving, um, and you're going to win the Premier League next. You didn't say that, yeah. I'm not going to. I didn't say that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. no. Hopefully, not another thirty years for you, mate. Yeah, I was going to say you've got another thirty years. But anything you want to finish off, or yeah, anything you want to say? No, I mean, I think like most people, all I want is you know football to be <clears throat> thinking a bit more about the fans, and that 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 something positive comes of what's happened this week. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to turn back time and, and, you know, change the structure of football totally. But what we can do is, is ask the clubs to think more about the tradition of, uh, you know, English or British or European football and, and not have um, these, these owners who invest a lot of money, obviously, but come from other parts of the world trying to dictate something that is so essential to our culture. And ho hopefully this will be a, a turning point where, uh, you know, this won't happen again and uh, fans are considered. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I yeah. think that's a perfect closing point. I think you're exactly right. I think that's how we all feel, isn't it? Boys, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. I'm sure you're exactly, exactly the same. I could talk for hours and it's been amazing. I'm going to end the YouTube now, but stay on because I want to end it. Keep on in a second. We'll have a chat afterwards. But thanks everyone that viewed, uh, watched it today and uh, boys, amazing work as always. Take care on YouTube.